Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomian Temper and Temporality Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 4. The Camberwells Astrid stood in the middle of a maelstrom. Something of it reminded her of the silver path the professor's machine had crossed to bring them to 1801. But her skin tingled and blood chilled, warning her that something was wrong. Something was broken. My dear Cassandra, my most sincere apologies for neglecting to respond to your last letter until now. What a dream these past weeks have been. I fear I shall wake to find them a whirl of my imagination. Samuel and I are now happily established as the Camberwells of Langley Hall. How heavenly married life is! The town itself is a beautiful array of winding streets, rising and falling with the cliffs. The sea breeze suits me well, and my daily excursion into the town is bettered only by the thrill of returning home to dearest Samuel. Upon setting out today I met the most peculiar young urchin dashing about the main road. She looked almost to be in historical dress, and I at first mistook her for an actress of the local theatre, only to see from the fearful look in her eye that she was quite out of place. I made to calm her, but she merely beheld me and flinched, as if hearing some painful voice in her ear. With that, she was gone. I do hope you will be able to join us at Langley before the summer is through. The gardens are simply swathed in colour and fragrance. They shall imprint themselves on your memory forever. Yours happily, Jane Camberwell. Astrid dashed across the stony ground atop the cliffs, slowing as the fog drew heavier and masked her way. Soon all about her was grey and cold. She breathed hard and took out the strange medallion the professor had given to her. 1802, it read. Only now it was moving towards 1803. My dear Cassandra, I have meant for some days to take up my pen to write to you but the weight of grief hangs heavily on me, and movement feels all at once insurmountable, wasteful, and tiresome. Many have called at Langley Hall since the funeral. I cannot bring myself to converse. It too draws all my waking energy and simply precipitates more tears and wails of loss. I sometimes see them pass beneath my window. Women of the town, men whom I assume to be Samuel's colleagues or acquaintances. There was a most striking fellow in naval dress, but even now his looks desert me. I should welcome your presence here at Langley. Though a modest abode, it feels cavernous, almost ruinous now that Samuel has left to be with the Almighty. I am told his passing must be for some purpose, but though I have spent many hours seated beside the window looking out to sea, I can fathom no motive for it. It is without reason, without purpose, without need. My long, watchful hours yield little of note, save for a most unexpected trespasser in the garden some two or three days back. This visitation brought with it the most alarming coincidence. Some months ago I told you of a street urchin behaving most erratically in the street and town. It was she who reappeared in the gardens amongst the neglected beds of perishing flowers. She seemed lost once again and guided by some unknown force. I watched her for some time and eventually, almost by instruction, she turned to meet my gaze. I fancy she recognised me from our previous encounter, for she appeared most intrigued by my presence. 
I have no notion of how long we watched one another, but it was long enough for a fog to descend upon the grounds, and this broke her concentration. She seemed alarmed and ran from the scene into the dreary afternoon, and so I was left with the darkening greyness of my own melancholia. Yours, Jane Camberwell. Astrid frowned at the dense mist surrounding her. Now and then flashes of light crackled in the distance, as though the professor's silver path was bleeding through. She grasped the chronometer and read its face again. 1803, 1804, 1803, 1804. That face, she thought to herself. The same face transformed by agony. Find the face again, her instincts told her. Something about it was important. Something wrong. Something broken. Dear Cassandra, This short missive shall provide you with the address to write to should you wish to forward more letters. Langley has been successfully rented and the occupants are timely with their rental fee, which allows me to pay mine own. They have invited me back to the hall for dinner, but I cannot countenance the saccharine looks and whimpers of young love and so remain ensconced in my cottage. You will no doubt be pleased to hear I have acted upon your stern warnings to exercise and taken to walking in the early mornings before the streets are filled with couples vulgarly displaying their affections in the open air. I have even, you should be shocked to read, conversed with a neighbour of mine. He is a naval captain recently returned from a long voyage. He is a man of few words, but each of them is wise and unsentimental. I gather his name is Rivers, or some such. There is no room at the cottage for visitors, but a guest-house lays nearby should you wish to visit. Yours, Jane. Jane folded the letter and tucked it away in a drawer. In need of an envelope, she quickly put on her coat and stepped out into the open air. It was a brisk spring morning, but she made no note of the surroundings, preferring to keep her excursions as brief as possible. She moved quickly down the lane and on to the main road leading to the village. Ahead was Mr Rivers, approaching along the path with his head bowed in thought. To her own surprise, she cleared her throat with a theatricality she immediately regretted, and Rivers looked up. Mrs Camberwell, he grinned, are you out to enjoy the spring air? I have an errand in mind, she replied. I must hurry to the stationers. Let me not delay you any further, then. Though if you should find yourself with an empty hour, you are most welcome to visit Wickfield Park. I couldn't possibly, she began, before an eruption of blonde curls forced itself between them. Mrs Camberwell, Mr Rivers, how funny to see you both on the road this morning. The nasal tones belonged to Grace Blackstone, daughter of a merchant residing in the next town. Jane and Rivers simultaneously summoned a civil smile of sufferance. Miss Blackstone? Rivers nodded. I was just saying to Mamma what a handsome couple you should make, she tittered. I find that manner of talk most improper, Miss Blackstone, Jane countered. Oh, come now, Mrs Camberwell, you need not be a widow forever, you know. Jane's face hardened, and she turned on Grace with a threatening stare. Miss Blackstone, she growled, I suggest you go about your day and leave Mr Rivers and I to our own. Grace's lip trembled, and her crimson face dropped to the floor. Yes, of course, she muttered, and quickly shuffled away. Mrs Camberwell, Rivers began, I'm sure there was no harmful intent. It was simply... Once again they were interrupted this time by a voice calling from the hillside next to the road. Oi! Lady! Wait there! Jane turned to follow the cry, and immediately a look of shock crossed her face. 
Watching her, Rivers looked grave. An acquaintance of yours? he asked. Not quite, Jane replied. Astrid slid down the remainder of the slope and skidded to a halt in front of Jane. Sorry to cut your natter in short, but we need to talk, lady, she panted. I don't know what's going on, but it's clearly got something to do with you. I reckon you need saving. Before Jane or Rivers could respond, a scream filled the air. The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier Temper and Temporality An Unbound Theatre Production Written by Dario Knight And performed by Erica Sanderson With music by Kevin MacLeod Thank you.